Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Front Porch Tailgate. I'm Michael Scott. And I'm Byron Hazley. Welcome to the 59th episode of the podcast. That's right. We have a great show lined up for you guys today. B. Hayes, good morning. Good morning, Michael. How are you doing? You know what? Considering the fact I just woke up about eight minutes ago, I'm doing pretty damn good. <laughs> well, you sound alive. You sound hey, alive and well. So hey, I'm ready to go whenever need be. Okay. Absolutely. You never know when the big time is going to call you off the couch. <laughs> you just got to be ready to go. Absolutely. All right, Mike. Well, what do we got on the show today? Well, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, Byron. We're going to talk a little bit about the uh, blockbuster trade that went down last night. John Wall and Russell Westbrook swapped teams in a mega deal between Washington and the Rockets. There's a first-round pick involved. We're also going to talk about Anthony Davis and LeBron James both re-upping with the Lakers. We're going to talk a little bit about the AFC South, and then, as always, we're going to dive into the picks. Sounds like a great show, my man. Let's get it going, baby. Uh, Let's get it going, baby. First things first, tell us a little bit about that trade that happened yesterday evening. Absolutely, Mike. So Russell Westbrook, he had gone to the Houston Rockets last season. He's now been traded. He said he wanted out. He's now been traded to the Washington Wizards for John Wall. I believe John Wall went to the front office last week and requested a trade from the Wizards. So they found a place to swap with them. So Russell's headed to Wizards, to the Wizards. Um and the Wizards sent John Wall and a first-round pick in order to acquire Russell Westbrook. Now, Russell Westbrook gets an opportunity to reunite with one of his first coaches, Scott Brooks, who's now in Washington. He was his coach in Oklahoma City for, I believe, his first six seasons. Um, <clears throat> so I like the deal on both sides. Mike, what were your thoughts on that deal? Well, Byron, my thoughts initially were if Russell – Westbrook is traded one more time he might reach journeyman status right this guy's been on the move the past couple years but all joking aside it really just seems like moving pieces to me right so you got John Wall going to Houston and uh, he's reuniting with uh, DeMarcus Cousins who Houston just recently signed and he's going over there to play with James Harden you know right now it seems to me like the Rockets are a sinking ship and the front office and management is doing anything that they can to appease James Harden and try to soothe things over because he's demanded a trade out of town. And uh, I definitely thought it has the potential to be a very impactful move from an offensive standpoint. Um, But the question you're really facing is whether or not John Wall and Boogie Cousins are actually healthy. These are two guys that won a national championship together at the University of Kentucky, but at the same time, they both have not played very much over the course of the last two seasons. So on the Houston side of things, I think it's a a shot in the dark, you know, and uh, hopes that these guys can regain their past form. Now, when you look at Washington, you have a team um, that's giving up a protected lottery pick uh, in hopes that basically Scott Brooks and Russell Westbrook can uh, rekindle the magic from early on in Westbrook's career. And you're hoping at the same time that he can mesh with Bradley Beal, which I'm not sure if that's going to work out because as everybody knows, Westbrook has a really in your face style of leadership and Bradley Beal doesn't strike me as a guy that's going to be receptive to that, you know, but what it does do is it allows 
Westbrook to return to his former uh, position where he likes to be a floor general and lead his team. And he had a lot of success with Scott Brooks in the early parts of his career. Absolutely. So I did want to make a couple of statements. So one, John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins, they lost in the NCAA tournament. I think oh, they goodness. lost in the Elite Eight or Sweet 16. That's going to tell us, how, that tells us how old they are. We've yeah. completely um, forgotten. <laughs> yeah, they lost. And then the next year, Anthony Davis came in and won it. That's right. That's but, right. Um, <clears throat> It was interesting that you brought up that point about Russell Westbrook being moved around a little bit. So I saw an interesting stat that Russell Westbrook is the fourth MVP to start on a different team for three consecutive seasons, right? So two years ago, he was on Oklahoma City. Last year, he was with the Rockets. This year, he's with um, – with the Wizards. So I don't know who the other three are. I'll have to look that up. But I did mm. see that stat um, flash across the TV earlier this morning. I thought that was pretty interesting. But, well, you, um, know, you know, the NBA is uh, analytics driven these days, you know, and his game doesn't really translate too well uh, to what modern teams are trying to do. I saw a stat also yesterday evening when I was watching SportsCenter that out of uh, – a certain number of high volume shooters, he is the least efficient effective field goal percentage shooter in the entire NBA. Yeah, he shoots a lot of long twos, which is not good. That's like his his comfort shot is a long two pointer, which is the most inefficient shot in the NBA. Um, <clears throat> now, when you say long two, is that like just inside of the three point range? Yeah, so range? like so like three uh, free throw line extended. So mm -hmm. inside the three-point, outside the free-throw line. So if you extend that across the court, that's kind of his, his niche shot. What so let me, let me ask you two questions real quick. One, if you're an NBA GM, are you trading for Russell Westbrook? Uh, honestly, yeah, I like Russ. Um, depending he, on what my depends hard. What my team is and what my team needs. Like, I guess it depends. Are you trying to sell tickets and get butts and seats or are you trying to win a championship? So if you're asking me as a GM, am I, it's kind of an arbitrary question because I don't know what else we have. Right. But if mm -hmm. I look at it in this silo for the wizards, I think it's a good deal. Because mm -hmm. at this point, John Wall was a wild card, and he wasn't happy. I think Russell Westbrook is a better shooter overall than John Wall, and you got to anticipate after not playing for two years with an Achilles injury, John Wall's likely lost a step. You know, definitely. No, I agree with you. So, are you saying the Wizards make out better in this deal, um, or do you like the haul the Rockets bring in? No, I like I like the Wizards team a little bit more um, based on this move made. But, mm -hmm. you know, who knows? If John Wall is able to come back to form and if uh, DeMarcus Cousins is able to come back to form, they could be a formidable trio down there. No, I agree with you. I've always liked both players, especially DeMarcus Cousins. I think uh, it has the potential to be basically boom or bust down there in Houston. I mean – you had, you know, you got John Wall, you got Boogie Cousins dominating down low, and then you add James Harden to the mix, who's always going to put up 30 to 50 points a game for you. So it's uh, it's definitely going to be intriguing to watch, at least. It adds another storyline on top of the layers that we already have for the NBA. And these are the reasons, Byron, why I love the NBA. It's getting to the point where I'm going to stop covering the NFL and Major League Baseball and just cover the NBA. I love it. <laughs> you love the NBA. Man. I love it, dude. Oh man! All ever right, since you it. ever since you baited me into fantasy basketball and uh, 2K back in the day, been all about basketball. You're all in. Forget mm -hmm. hockey. I'm in the hoops now. Yeah, I'm done. I was done with hockey 20 years ago. There you go. All right, so let's pivot here to our next topic. So uh, Anthony Davis this morning, breaking news, he's agreed to sign a five-year, $190 million deal with the Lakers. And then in addition to that, uh, you've got LeBron James signing a two-year extension 
through 2023. So uh, Lakers, both with the Lakers. So uh, the Lakers have had a busy 24 hours. That's a, that's a whole lot of pesos. Oh, absolutely. Do, it doesn't strike me as all as being surprising. I mean, you, you noticed all last year that uh, the Lakers had very good chemistry as a team. Uh, that was extremely obvious between LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And uh, this Lakers team is kind of scary, By Byron. I, they've gone out and they've gotten younger. And I think uh, they've also added some good veteran pieces like Mark So I think this team is head over heels better than the team that won the NBA championship last season. I'm a huge uh, Dennis Schroeder fan. You know, I think uh, the sky is the limit for these guys over the next two to three years. No, I agree. I mean, I know last year that was one thing that you and I questioned was the age of that team. You know, you had a lot of Mm -hmm. veterans on that team, a lot of old legs. So in order to get through 82 games, which – Unfortunately, they weren't able to due to the pandemic, but in order to get through the games, um, they were going to need some help. And they actually did get that by way of pandemic, the layoff, coming back into the bubble, uh, and they were able to claim the title. But this team, they got a lot of bulldogs that are ready to run, a lot of young boys out there. Absolutely. And let me let me ask you this, right, because the Lakers, like we said, they're better than they were last year. You know, what do these contract extensions mean for the Lakers? And uh, it seems like they're one major player away from being a full-fledged dynasty at this point. Yeah, um, I mean, I think they're they're a very strong team. I know I've heard recent rumors um, that AD's five-year deal actually has an opt-out clause in it. And he may be exercising that opt-out clause so that they can go after Giannis on it to Kempo. And so if they're able to land LeBron, uh, AD, and Giannis, I mean, ugh, look out. Now, we, we all know that Giannis is open to pairing uh, with other NBA superstars. He's recently come out and said he said it in the past. But he's also maintained that he wants to win in Milwaukee. Do you think as this season goes on, you're going to slowly see that narrative shift and you think uh, Giannis is going to want to get out of Cream City? Well, to be honest with you, I think so. He He's already kind of pivoted towards that, right? He's made statements that he wants to stay there, but it's also up to them. Uh, mm-hmm. If they give him the pieces that he needs, then he'll stay. So he's kind of already opened up that door so he can clearly uh, quickly pivot to that as a reason for him leaving let me let me ask you this why don't the lakers save the pesos and let his little brother just play (laughs) he's on the roster yeah i didn't sniff didn't sniff the court last season yeah i don't think that that player holds the same weight as his older brother but hey he's like the leangelo ball of the antetokounmpo family Speaking see, of him, welcome to the Pistons. Oh, you know what? He might get an actual an actual opportunity to see some floor time. He got a one year non guaranteed deal. Yeah, he'll get some. He'll get some preseason run. We'll see. I know they they've often cut guys with non guaranteed contracts, like Joe Johnson last year, who could have actually helped that team. But we'll ultimately see where this goes. We got a new GM listen, here in listen, Detroit. This is the this is the offspring of LeVar Ball, who's one of the uh, the greatest basketball players of all time in his own mind. Uh, this is a guy who averaged less than a less than a point in community college and uh said that he would take Michael Jordan down one on one any day of the week. Now you know his youngest is with Michael Jordan and I do said, know that. And he's recently came out and said in an interview that the only way him and Michael are going to play is if it's pay per view. So that they can make money off of it. He's hey, I'll give Lavar Lavar Ball this. He's one hell of a salesman. Oh, and absolutely. I and I would honestly buy that pay per view to see Jordan just whoop on Lavar. Uh, but real quick before we pivot topics and jump into the NFL here, Byron, uh, did you see the news that came out yesterday in the Athletic about uh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and uh, how they didn't fit too well within the Clippers locker room? 
Um, well, I've heard some stories about that before, but do tell what came out but, yesterday. Well, basically what came out yesterday was obviously we all know they didn't mesh too well with the Clippers core, uh, but at times Kawhi Leonard uh, was late for games and practices because he traveled all the way from San Diego. Um, at other times it was suggested that he uh, pushed female staffers out of, the fe- out of the female locker room so that he could have his own space to warm up and stretch. Um, basically him and Paul George had the power to, uh, cancel or, uh, schedule practices. There was a whole lot of stuff going on in there uh, that basically were suggesting that, uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George were prima donnas and, uh, it just really didn't sit well with the rest of the team and had a big reason for their, uh, failure to build chemistry all year long. Okay. So I just didn't know if you had uh, heard anything about that or read up on it and just wanted to gain your thoughts. Not the story from today, but that, I mean, that story coincides with what I did here, which was that they received special treatment and that many of the players within that locker room were not appeased by it. They were not pleased with it. And so um, it just consistently just tore them apart um in addition to that mike while we're on the clippers and then we'll pivot here but uh did you hear about paul george saying that during that series with the um the nuggets right they lost to the nuggets Mm -hmm. they were up 3-1 they never made any adjustments so he said Mm -hmm. they just chalked it up oh this is one game we lost okay oh now it's 3-2. We lost. Okay. Uh, oh, now it's 3-3. Three, three. Uh, all right. We, we're still beat them. So they just thought, and I think Doc thought, that they were just a superior team and they click out of it, but they never made any adjustments. And because of that, they went home from the bubble. Doc lost his job. And now Tyron Lue's got a job again. Yep. Well, either that or uh, Doc Rivers was living in hell in a nightmare and just wanted to get out of Dodge and uh, get on to a new job because from what I've been reading in the reports, um, obviously we're not getting going to get the entire story, but I'm sure last season wasn't too fun for the Clippers. There was a lot of pressure. It was basically championship or bust. Obviously they uh, never got close and uh, yeah, I mean, anything is possible. I'll tell you that, you know, to, for a coach like Doc Rivers to not make any adjustments through a series, uh, might be a serious indictment on his uh, passion for uh, being in Los Angeles. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll, I mean, I don't know. I know it was a long, rough season for Doc. I'm sure he's happy to be where he is now. Um, so, oh, yeah. So best of luck to him in Philadelphia and uh, best of back luck to, to the Clippers this year. Back to the East Coast. Let me ask you this. Do you think Kawhi Leonard and Paul George stay with the Clippers after this season? Paul George, yes. I think he's under contract. Um, Kawhi, if they don't win, I think he's going to opt out and go somewhere else. Who knows? He might go to the Lakers. Hey, walk across the locker room, baby. <laughs> <laughs> He'll still have his own locker room, too. Oh, man. Stretching awesome. locker room. That's awesome. With the ladies. All right. So let's dive into the NFL real quick. I know we're on a time schedule here today. Uh, the conference we were going to pivot and talk about this week is the AFC South. Byron, why don't you take it from here? Yeah, Mike. Ooh, voice crack there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> let's talk a little AFC South. So this is a basically a two-team race. For the division, we had uh, a huge head-to-head matchup last week with the Colts taking on the Titans. Uh, The Titans and Derrick Henry absolutely dominated them. I think Derrick Henry was close to 200 yards. He ran for 178 yards and three touchdowns, uh, all three touchdowns coming in the first half, and it was pretty much over at halftime. Oh, yeah. uh, at this point, we're looking at the Titans with an eight and three record. Um, the Colts have a seven and four record, and then the cellar dwellers are the Jaguars with one win. They're one and ten, and then the Texans are four and seven. They got that big Thanksgiving Day victory against mm-hmm. the Lions. Yeah, I uh, Byron, I really, really like Derrick Henry and the Texans. You know, this is a team 
that did really well last season. Uh, Ryan Tannehill takes tremendous care of the football, right? I, th- I didn't, I'm not sure what his stat line was last weekend, but before that, I believe he was somewhere around 22 touchdowns and four interceptions for the season, you know, and then you look at Darryl had, or Derek Henry and, you know, the guy's just a, a physical specimen, right? He's a monster. He's chiseled out of marble, you know, his t-shirt run, or his jersey runs halfway up his body, you know, guys just jacked out of his mind. And, uh, Every single weekend, he gives the Titans an opportunity to win. You know, they got a good defense, and he runs the ball. And basically, uh, what you have is that team saying, hey, you're going to beat us at our own game because we're not playing this modern pass-happy, fling it around the field type of football. We're going to run it down your throat. We're going to chew the clock, and we're going to force you to beat us on every given possession, right? There's no easy outs with the Titans. And – when I look at Derrick Henry, I mean, this guy, he's just a monster. I, In my opinion, he's this generation's version of Adrian Peterson. And what I mean by that, you got a guy who's strong enough and durable enough to continue going the distance, you know, for years to come, in my opinion. No, I absolutely apologize for that sound in the background there, Mike. But, um yeah, to your point, Ryan Tannehill, he's sitting on 23 touchdowns, four interceptions for the year. So, as you stated, very strong year, taking care of the football. That's one thing he's always done, even in his days with Miami. He was able to take care of the football. He's an efficient passer. He's uh, 60, almost 67% completion percentage. So, he's played well this year. Um, he's a leader, too. Yeah, he's he's a good locker room guy. He's, he's something that the team can believe in. He's got good legs, too. I mean, he runs a little bit as well. Um, to your point about Derrick Henry, he's the current uh, NFL rushing leader by over 100 yards uh, next to the, the next closest running back or ball carrier in general. So he's having another strong year, as you stated. They've got a pretty good good defense not great uh their secondary can be had i think they'll be able to get potentially to the second round to the divisional round and then it kind of depends on matchups if they run into the chiefs in the second round it's going to be good night sweetheart but if they run into a team like the steelers i think they're going to avenge that loss that they had earlier in the year to the steelers and run right through steel city there's there's three things I want to touch base on real quick okay one I believe Ryan Tannehill's passing touchdown last week was actually a swing pass to Derrick Henry so it'll be interesting to see if he can add that element to his game uh and then two I'm not sure about Ryan Tannehill's legs but his wife's got some really nice legs. I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of her. Thank you. And then, and then, <laughs> and then three, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, if he was playing in the NFL 10 years ago, he might be a serious threat to rush for 2,000 yards. This guy is a workhorse back. Well, right now he's at. 1300 yards so if he gets loose well he's at 1257 so if he gets loose these last few games buck 50 plus he might he has the potential to go off you know because this is a guy who is continuing to get stronger as the season goes on while everybody else is out there wearing down absolutely and this is usually the time of the year where you see running backs really hit their stride Absolutely. Big thumpers. Little guys, yes. they start to get injured. But he's a big thumper. He'll run through you. He'll run by you. So, yeah. Um, but I did want to let you know that swing pass that you were referring to. It was wasn't actually, a touchdown. It was ruled a lateral. So it turned into oh. a rushing touchdown. Um, but he did have a, t- a passing touchdown to A.J. Brown. I think it was like a 60-yarder. Mm. So, um, well, I like, I like that element that they're adding, though, you know. Oh, yeah. Another dynamic for Derrick Henry. Oh, yeah. They usually get him involved in the screen game, but it was good to see him get involved in, you know, a swing pass and let him make some moves. Uh, So let's talk a little bit about the Colts and Phillip Rivers over there in Indy. So what do you think about that team, Mike? Well, we got a solid defense over there. Real solid. Good team. I think they uh, are obviously a playoff team at this point. I think Phillip Rivers gives you that – 
veteran leadership necessary to go out each and every Sunday and win football games. But to me, this, this strikes me as a team that's going to be one and done in the playoffs. I just don't think they have enough tools on the offensive end of the ball to really go on a run during the playoffs. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think if things align for them where they matched up with a team like the Bills, then they've got an opportunity there. But given that they won't be one of the bye teams, they're going to play a wild card team, a team like, well, I think I like their chances against a team like Cleveland, who's currently in the playoffs. So, um no, the Colts are a wild card team. They're not the division winner. So they could match up with a team like the Bills or it would be the Titans, which I don't think they would match up with the Titans. It'd be the Bills. So I think it's, I would, all Bill, it's Bills or bust for them. I would like their chances against the Bills. Well, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm not going to get too high on that team right now i'm really not a huge fan of philip rivers never have been i respect what the man's doing still out there supporting his 19 kids you know but uh i i'm not gonna get up and suggest that a a quarterback that drives a conversion van to work is going to uh uh go out and win a super bowl against a guy like patrick mahomes this year okay Oh, absolutely. So. I hear you. Don't get it. Don't, don't <laughs> and, and, and all kidding aside, you know, I got a lot of respect for Philip Rivers. This guy has been doing it for a very, very long time. And it's nice to see him land in, in Indianapolis and uh, be, you know, playing well this year and leading a team, you know, to the playoffs. But uh, the team I really want to talk about more so is the Houston Texans, right? Okay. I mean, we got Deshaun Watson, who basically since they fired their coach, uh, got rid of Bill O'Brien, has really had a bounce-back season. He's been playing out of his mind. He's been playing absolutely fantastic. Um, some people are suggesting that besides Patrick Mahomes, that he might actually be the next best quarterback in the NFL right now. And uh, hmm. And this is all despite the fact that the Texans traded away his number one receiver in DeAndre Hopkins in the offseason to the Cardinals. Now uh, we had some juicers show up in Houston, and you got Will Fuller, his number one option now, who's a big play deep threat. Uh, he's out for the rest of the season, and it's really disappointing. I think uh, Deshaun will still work with what he's got down there, mm -hmm. obviously, but uh, – I'm not so sure how I feel about this Texans team the rest of this season, but what I do know is that if I was a head coach looking for a job, it would be a really intriguing situation to find myself in Houston next year, you know, where you got Deshaun, where you got some wide receiver pieces, where you got a J.J. Watt still, who's a little bit older but still capable of playing for a few years, and you got a good left tackle in Larry, Larry Tunsil. You know, it's a very intriguing job in Houston right now. Yeah, I'm I actually question how long JJ will be there. I think he may be leaving. He he kind of hinted towards that earlier this season, but I do like what Houston's done um outside of all the deals that Bill O'Brien made. I like their nucleus, right? Their core yeah. and what they the, have to build. The on. framework, the framework is there and You'd have to be crazy to think a new GM or a new coach couldn't come in there and sway J.J. Watt's opinion, right? I don't think this is a guy that needs to get out of Dodge. I think this is, a guy, is just a guy who's a little unhappy with about the way things have been going the past few years. No, I hear you, but I could definitely see J.J. on a team like uh, Kansas City next year. Stop. Stop. You, you need to stop. <laughs> you're, now you're getting a little out of hand. You're starting to sound like a, a, a staff writer at Fansighted with all these – with all these potential Chiefs acquisitions. I mean, in all seriousness, it's not out of the question. I mean, they went out and got Le'Veon Bell. Absolutely. And you I know, mean, people yeah. want to play with Patrick Mahomes. Why wouldn't you? The guy's absolutely fantastic. Absolutely. And I think we'll likely find ourselves in a similar situation next year where guys may take, you know, a little bit less money to go play with excellence. But we'll ultimately see how everything plays out as we typically do. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. 
Good Lord. I can't imagine being your wife watching you put on that Kansas City Chiefs jersey every Sunday. Oh, no. I, I only bring it out on special occasions. Oh, on big games? You only yeah. bring it out for the big games? Yeah. And I uh, didn't even wear it Sunday for the matchup with Tom Brady. I knew. Oh, you should have. I knew he was going to put it on him. I knew it. Put it on him. They won by three points, Byron. Yeah, but if you watch that game, they dominated them. Oh, they, they had one hell of a game from a passing standpoint. I'll tell you that. Yeah, you know. they dominated. But them. aside from the two pick, the, the picks Brady threw, he didn't look so bad either. I mean, he threw for about 300 yards, a couple touchdowns. Looked like the 40-year-old-plus the quarterback that he is. Greatest yeah. of all time. Greatest of all time. Uh, he's not looking like the greatest of all time right now, but that's a different story. And hey, there was a study that came out this week from Pro Football Focus that said the issue with the Bucks' woes this season are not Tom Brady's fault. They're actually issues with the play calling this year. And no, I firmly I, agree. I agree, but that's Bruce Arians' offense, right? He's a guy that likes to push the ball down the field. He did it with Jameis. He did it with Andrew Luck. He's done it with other quarterbacks, Big Ben in the past. He likes to push the ball down well, the field. So I hear you. I thought about that before he got into that marriage. I hear you. But, you know, it's Super Bowl or bust, Right for the Bucks, And if Bruce Arians doesn't, you know, change his offense up a little bit and mold to the strengths of Tom Brady, you know, take off that Kangle hat and get down to business, then I don't know how much longer the Bucks are going to be a winning football team. I mean, they got pieces galore all over the place. Gronk's finally rounding into shape in the, on the stretch of the season here. You know, he lost the piano that was strapped to his back. He got, Antonio Brown waiting in the wings. You got Chris Godwin. You got Mike Evans. I mean, Ronald Jones is fantastic, and they barely want to play the guy, you know? And uh, and all the pieces are there for the Bucks to become an absolutely fantastic Super Bowl contender. And all it takes is Bruce Arians, you know, switching up a, a, a few things, you know, getting a fresh piece of chalk out, and turning some of those go routes into hitches and slants. And here we got ourselves a football team. Yeah, we'll see how things play themselves out. I know you're a big Tom Brady supporter. We'll see. I think he might be sitting home pretty early in January. But uh, we'll ultimately see how this. Never, never count out the GOAT, Byron. He's been there before. This is just another football game to him. There's no pressure here. He's not chasing a ghost because he's the GOAT. Now, who else is left in the AFC South? We're missing out on a football team here. I mean, you got the Jaguars, which really All right, so are we, we going to waste our sw- time talking about? No, we swapped out the Jags for the Buccaneers. <laughs> went to the, the NFC. South. They will be. They are in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. They're hoping that um, the, the Jets are able to win a game so that they can – Get that one number one pick. So we'll what's uh, what's uh, what's the Jaguars owner's name? Sheed Khan or something like that? Yeah, I almost said Shaka Khan, but yeah, Shaka, <laughs> Shaheed Khan. Well, I don't know much about how they run their football team, but they got absolutely fantastic wrestling promotion on their hands called uh, AEW. They're probably going to put the WWE out of business. And for all you guys listening out there, Sting, Sting is back. Sting made an appearance last night. On AEW, you should have you should have seen Facebook. Your boy uh, was going nuts on there. Micah, he loves wrestling. He, he couldn't believe it. He, oh, and I was a big wrestling fan back in the day. I was stoked to see Sting back on there. He probably rolled out in a wheelchair at this point, put his face makeup on, but he's back. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so. Good discussion today, but let's dive into the picks because I know we are crunched for time. Byron is a working man, ladies and gentlemen. He's got things to do. Yeah, as is Mike, and Mike is working me currently in these picks. He's uh, I'm working on getting to the fridge to get a bowl of cereal. That's the only thing I'm working on before 3 o'clock today. He's now expanded his lead to seven games. He's got 36.5 wins. I've got 29.5 wins, so we call a half a push. So uh, that's how you get that half game there. He's winning at a 58% clip. I'm Damn. at 47% um, going into the week. Uh, last week I did 
get on the good foot, got back on the good foot, got the Dolphins minus seven for my lock of the week. So I'm now hitting at a 60% clip of the season. Uh, Here we now, go. Mike, to your point, had I not doubled up and got a little bit cocky there, I would have been in a position to actually um, – to actually pull away there and uh, probably be hitting at that 80% clip. But, well, uh, it's all right, Byron. Every once in a while, we wander off the beaten path. Absolutely. Realize the, the mistakes you've made. The only thing I ask is that you learn from them. You know, I don't want to get any more of these hate emails coming in about the lock of the week. I'm just kidding. Here we get in with. <laughs> All right, so let's let's dive into the picks for this week, okay? Uh, let's talk. What's our first game of the week? Oh, so our first game of the week is actually a game that's up in the air. We don't have the Wolverines playing oh. this week due to COVID. So, but currently. The Ohio State Buckeyes, they're under quarantine, trying to get some practices in, even though they are in quarantine. But they're set to travel to East Lansing to take on the Spartans. They're minus 24. Spartans are coming off a huge upset victory over Northwestern. Mike, who are you taking? Byron, I just want to let you know that before you make your first pick, realize that this first pick is going to set the tone for your entire week, okay? And I want you to realize Mike, I don't that Michigan State, Michigan State doesn't have a snowball's chance in hell, whether they've been to practice all week or not, whether Ryan Day's there or not, of beating Ohio State, okay? So I'm taking Ohio State minus the 24 all day long. This is going to be an old-fashioned, classic Big Ten beatdown. What's the quarterback's name? Rocky something? Not Rocky even Lombardi. Rocky Lombardi is gonna get worked all game long. Yeah, I mean, this is an ugly one. I'm gonna go with Ohio State as well, although my heart wants me to take the Spartans. This is uh, why I worked I, it up for you. I didn't want you to go with the heart. I know yeah, you like to yeah, but go to 20, the heart sometimes. 24 is a lot of points, especially for a Mel Tucker team to give up. Uh but they just can't score consistently. This is essentially a top-tier SEC team playing a team from the MAC right now, Byron. You got to look at it logically. I wouldn't call them a MAC team. They're they're still they're a solid team. They got they got a nice <laughs> foundation. They'll build. They up. beat Northwestern last week. I get right. it. I mean, top they beat Pittsburgh. All right. All right, watch your mouth when you talk about them. Oh, <laughs> let's move into the second game. Like I said, I'm taking Ohio State minus the 24. Uh, we've got Indiana traveling to Wisconsin. Wisconsin's minus 14. Mike, who are you taking? I'm taking Wisconsin plus 14 at home. Michael Penix Jr., uh, quarterback for the Indiana Hoosiers, he's out for the uh, for the year. I don't think uh, that's going to bode too well for the Hoosiers' offense. I know they're a good team. I'm not sure how deep they are. I'm taking uh, Wisconsin. Where do they play? Camp Randall? Camp Randall. I'm taking Wisconsin at Camp Randall all day long. Minus the 14. I did um, I did get that little. Oh, Wisconsin's minus 14? Yes. I'm still taking them. Yeah. I did get that little tidbit. Um, but I actually, even though Penix is out, I'm going to go with Indiana plus the 14. I need to make up some ground here. Give me Indiana plus oh, a fourteen. There we go. This is how it. <laughs> this is how the separation starts. <laughs> Trying to gain ground. All right. All right. All right. So here we go. Here, game three of the week. We've got Texas A&M, number eight ranked, minus seven, traveling to Auburn. Mike, who are you taking? I'm taking Texas A&M minus seven. I, uh, you know, Jimbo Fisher's been in Texas for what? In College Station for about three or four years now. You're really going to see him start to solidify that program, just like he did at Florida State. And uh, I like where Texas A&M's here at right now. I couldn't tell you one player on the football team, but I know that they're starting to win football games, and I really like Jimbo Fisher as a coach. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm going to take Texas A&M. They're able to put up points. Their only loss is to Alabama, right? I believe so. They may have lost to Florida, too. I can't remember. But, um, no, they've only had one loss, and it is Alabama. But um, 
I am going to take Texas A&M minus the seven. Auburn really struggles to score points, so I'm going to take Texas A&M minus the seven. Uh, let's move on to our last college football game of the week. So we've got the Baylor Bears traveling to Oklahoma to take on the Sooners. The Sooners are minus 22. Mike, who are you taking? I'm going to take the Baylor Bears plus 22. Uh, this is a Big 12 shootout waiting to happen. Okay, I'm right there with you, Mike. I'm taking Baylor plus the 22. Um, I I tried to believe in Oklahoma, and they failed me multiple times this season. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Not going back to that well. Uh, all right, so let's move on to the NFL picks. Let's move into the Lions. So the Detroit Lions without Matt Patricia uh, and uh, Bob Quinn no longer – a part of the team, they will be traveling to Chicago to take on the Bears minus three, being led by Daryl Bevel. Mike, who are you taking? Byron, this is going to be an interesting game to watch because we're really going to find out exactly how talented the Lions organization, or I'm sorry, the team is, and uh, we're going to see whether or not they are as bad as everyone thinks or if they were just uh, trying to get their head coach fired. Um, I know the Bears are a team that's been reeling. I think they've lost five or six straight at this point. I uh, I kind of like Detroit on the road getting the three points. I'm going to go with the Lions here for once. Lions plus three. I am on the opposite end here, although people are happy. Daryl Bevel's a terrible play caller, and I think he'll be just as bad as a head coach. So I'm going to go with the Bears minus three here. Mitchell Trubisky pretty much owns the Lions. If you look at his career stats, mm. pretty much all of his big games have come you up with the Lions. You're right. You talked me into it because <laughs> the Lions are going to be the Lions, and they're going to – make the Chicago Bears pass rush look, you know, not out of this world. And uh, I did forget about how well Trubisky plays against them. So I'm flipping to the Bears. Um, Darryl Bevel is not good at keeping secrets. Uh, both of his uh, future son-in-laws asked for their da his daughter's hands in marriage uh, this week over the Thanksgiving holiday. And uh, – he basically outed them in an interview before they even asked the daughters. Oh, that's awesome. So that's he can't keep a secret. So that should be a testament to uh, how well he's going to do as a coach. No Maybe idea. He's trying to warn his daughter so they could get out. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. But, I, but he messed it up for everybody. Yeah. All right. So let's move in. We've got a couple more games here. We're running out of time. So we've got the Cleveland Browns, eight and three Cleveland Browns traveling to the eight and three Tennessee Titans. The Titans are minus five and a half. Mike, who are you taking? This is going to be a close game, Byron. I'm actually going to take the Browns plus five and a half. Uh, you got two rushers over there in Cleveland, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb that are both a threat to rush for a thousand yards this season. I think they're going to definitely be able to keep up pace with Derrick Henry and the Titans. I don't think that uh, they're going to win the football game, but I'll take the five and a half points. That's a decent pick, Mike. They're getting their uh, defensive MVP candidate back off the COVID list this week for the Browns. However, I'm still going to go with the Titans. The Browns have not been stellar offensively. I know the Titans, um, you know, they've struggled some defensively in the defensive backfield, but they also have that ground and pound game, and they're just going to wear out Cleveland, especially at home. So give me the Titans minus five and a half. Look, look for Baker Mayfield to be the X factor in this week's game against that uh, underwhelming Titans secondary that you were talking about. Earlier. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Is he a man or a mouse? We will see. All right, so we've got um, our second to last game. We've got the Rams traveling to – Arizona to take on the Cardinals. The Cardinals are minus three. Mike, who are you taking? You know, Byron, I really don't know who to take with this pick. To me, it's a toss-up. I mean, I really, really like what I see from the Cardinals from a statistical standpoint on a weekly basis with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, but here they are sitting at, what, six and five right now? Mm -hmm. And then on the other hand, I really, really like the Rams team that I've seen all season long. But then I, every time I look in the news, you got Sean – or. Yeah, Sean McVay talking about how uh, uh, 
Jared Goff might be losing his job soon, you know? So I don't know exactly who I should take. I think I'm going to take the points and I'm going to take the Rams. Uh, Kyler Murray, you know, and that team has not been very consistent lately. And uh, I really, really think that the Rams run game and defense is going to pull through for him in this one. Yeah. I love Aaron Donald. Yeah. So I'm going with the Rams as well. Um, the, to your point, the Cardinals have been on a three game skid. So losing to, Oh, I take that back. They've lost three of four, right? They beat the bills, but they when was their last win. The Seahawks game. Their last win was the bills. Okay. Bills in week 10. Lost to the Seahawks, lost to the Patriots. So I'm going to take the Rams here plus three. Mm-hmm. Oh, they lost that Seahawks game. Okay. They did. I thought yeah, they, I remember it was a big, game. it was like a Monday or Thursday night game, and Kyler Murray had one hell of a game. So that wasn't their last game with the Seahawks. That was their, uh, I think. That was earlier week, on in the season. That was yeah, earlier on. Week eight matchup where they won 37 34. Oh, but, so they've uh, played pretty closely both games. Okay. Yeah. Yep, they they lost the second game, 28-21, but Kyler messed up his shoulder in that Seahawks game, and he hasn't looked the same since. Um, Maybe he should go play baseball. Well, if his shoulder's messed up, that's not a good sport to go play. He plays outfield. He throws once a game. Come on. No. No. So, anyways, let's get into our last game here, Mike. Again, we're pressed for time. So, let's go with uh, the Buffalo Bills. Speaking of them, the Buffalo Bills are minus one and a half, taking on the San Francisco 49ers. Mike, who are you taking here? You know, everyone I think would lean towards the bills, but the 49ers got Richard Sherman back last week. And he, he is like the emotional and vocal leader of that defense. And when he's on the field, I really, really like the 49ers. I'm going San Francisco at home plus one and a half. Yeah, Mike, I like that pick. I like what the, uh, what the 49ers have done, Robert Selah and that defense, he's got those boys fired up. He's scheming and doing a remarkable job with that team. Possibly um, the next head coach of the Detroit Lions. Hey, I'd love to see it. The guy's a rowdy guy. I love it. But um, I'm going to go there, too. I'm going to go with the 49ers plus the one and a half. Um I just think they're going to continue to fight through. He's going to confuse Josh Allen, and, uh, you know, that'll be a wrap for them. Yeah, Josh Allen's stock is definitely down from where it was earlier this season. I mean, this is a guy who in the first four or five weeks, people were talking about him like he was a potential MVP candidate, the way he was throwing the ball. But he's, he's, he's really regressed, at least from a passing standpoint, in the past few weeks. And I think uh, – some of that Bills magic that we saw early on is going to start to fade. Oh, I absolutely agree 100%. So All that's right. what we got for the picks this week. We're going to be paying attention to them closely. Make sure you guys are going out there and checking out 810 Analytics. It's a sports betting firm. Uh, gives great advice. They're available on uh, – Instagram, you can find them. All of my picks go through to them as well. Uh, Byron, what do you got for us for lock of the week? I know we're running out of time here. Um, I actually don't have one, Mike. Actually, I did have one. I'm, I apologize. Um, it's a bit of a scramble, but I do feel pretty good about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hear it. Let's hear it. <laughs> Give me a second. I'm trying to pull it up so I have my uh, so I have the spread accurate. Come on, internet. Let's go, baby. All you got to do is go pick whoever pick whoever plays Michigan. Oh, that's right. They're not even COVID. playing. COVID. <laughs> COVID wins. COVID's winning, baby. Uh, Kirk, Kirk Herbstreit called him out on national TV. Yeah, and, I uh, the that. AD wasn't too happy about it. Yeah, I heard that. Uh, I think he called him a fool. Um, I, I don't know who's the fool really at this point. So could be Harbaugh, could be the AD, could be Herb Street. The only one that's not a fool is Ryan Day, in my opinion. He's he's slugging it out with COVID right now. Yeah. So the game that I'm kind of honed in on 
is this Packers game versus the Eagles. So I like the Packers minus yeah. nine versus the Eagles. Oh, yeah, this is going to be a blowout. Yeah, the Eagles are really struggling. Uh, so I'm going to take the pack here minus those nine points at home. Yep. And and it's important to know that Jameis Winston will be in the next game. He'll probably throw one throw again for a completion before getting taken out of the game, just like last week. So that's definitely a reason why you should you pick mean the Packers. Jalen Hurts? What I say? Jameis Winston. Oh, not famous Jameis. Sorry. I'm talking about yeah. Jalen Hurts. I misspoke. Get some coffee. Your voice sounds like it's cracking. We need to get you some hot tea and some honey because we're we're running out of time here, and I don't want your voice to be all jacked up for the rest of your day. That's just me, man. I'm raspy. I stay raspy. Stay there, baby. Uh, My voice is a little bit crackly because I got that good workout in. I was pumping myself up. Woo! Here we go. All right, baby. Well, it's time to snap, crackle, and pop. We've been... uh, Appreciating all you guys jumping in here with us today, listening. Uh, Byron, why don't you why don't you say something to our fans real quick before we uh, exit here? Yeah, as always, appreciate you listening into the podcast. Uh, when you see it on social media, share it, uh, subscribe to it. You know, give us a review uh, because that does help our reach, so that we can reach other people. And again, share it with other people if you. Uh, if you love it, share it. If you hate it, share it. Uh, you know, if you don't like it, someone else will. And if you like it, find someone else that will. But as always, we love you, and we'll speak to you soon. Mike, take us out of here. Well, make sure you guys are listening to the podcast. Like he said, you can uh, rate it, leave those reviews at anchor.fm. Also, you can uh, monetarily support the podcast, or you can leave us voicemails with questions that uh, we might answer on the show. Nevertheless, I'm Michael Scott. And I'm Byron Hazley. And you've been listening to the Front Porch Tailgate Podcast. Have a great weekend, guys. <laughs>